X-Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Butterfly Cup, a fully compostable coffee cup coming to A&W, and the plant-based ice cream brand, Coconut Bliss. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X-Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thank you for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a really interesting story, a bit of a twist on what we are used to hearing in the plant-based world. But after 17 years as a plant-based brand, Coconut Bliss, which is a uh, formerly plant-based dairy company, has added a dairy-based ice cream to its product lineup. So it was founded in 2005, which if we look back at that era, there were very few, um, you know, plant-based and veganism was um, a bit more of a niche back then than it is today. So it was kind of a pioneer in its time. Um, And they recognized the power and soon-to-be popularity of plant-based dairy options. But now they have rebranded as Cosmic Bliss as they can no longer truly say that they are a coconut-based ice cream company. Um, So they're attempting to boost sustainable dairy with uh, their organic, grass-fed, clean-label dairy ice cream line. So backing up a few years ago in 2020, the former Coconut Bliss brand, which specialized in organic coconut milk uh, based ice cream bars, pints and sandwiches, they were acquired by a private holding company called Human Co. And since that acquisition, the brand has been researching the inclusion of dairy based products into their portfolio. Uh, And then after realizing that 97%, so the overwhelming majority of ice cream that's sold in the U.S is dairy-based, Coconut Bliss wanted to reach that sector of consumers. So rather shying away from an overly saturated and potentially failing market, given that dairy sales are actually slumping internationally, Cosmic Bliss decided to introduce a range of organic dairy ice creams. And at a time when most brands are creating plant-based versions of their existing product lines, like we've seen with Ben and Jerry's, Cosmic Bliss decided to go the opposite route by offering a dairy line that claims to be better than all others. So what is the claim based on? Well, what makes it better than the plethora of dairy-based ice cream options on the market is that um, they claim to be using sustainably sourced um, ice creams, um, and the brand also claims that it will be able to achieve a better environmental impact while also you know, providing indulgent and sustainable frozen desserts. However, while the company claims that you know its, its grass-fed organic ice cream is more sustainable, um, is a more sustainable alternative for consumers who don't want to give up dairy. Uh, There are many studies that suggest that products from grass-fed cattle still have a far greater environmental impact than plant-based options. And of course, economics were likely a significant factor in this decision to add dairy to the brand's product lineup. Since more consumers, as I said, 97% in the U.S., are buying dairy-based ice creams, Cosmic Bliss hopes that Uh, Offering a dairy line will create a larger audience for the company. And the brand also claims that the new name, Cosmic Bliss, more accurately represents the 
quote-unquote out-of-this-world taste of both the new dairy and plant-based offerings. So while its plant-based ice creams will still remain available um, and they have, you know, a pretty big audience, former customers were pretty outraged at the brand's decision to introduce a dairy line for profit. So if you go on the brand's Facebook page, which I did, hundreds of comments revealed that a majority of its customers were confused and upset by the new revelation. So the brand turned So, sorry, the brand in turn offered a lengthy response and explaining that while its vegan products will remain a major part of the portfolio, the decision to introduce dairy is consistent with its mission. So on Facebook, it said, our decision to introduce organic grass-fed dairy ice cream is consistent with our mission to help build a more sustainable agricultural system for everyone. The brand went on to explain that it wants to show dairy consumers a better way by offering them dairy products that leverage sustainable agricultural practices. So it said, we agree that dairy isn't for everyone and not all people support the dietary preference. For us, it was not about choosing one dietary preference over the other. It was about providing better options no matter what the the dietary preference you choose. And I think that's very contradictory since for the past uh, 17 years, the company has chosen a dietary preference, which has been a plant-based one. And they've built their audience built on being a plant-based brand. So it's no wonder that their customers are a little outraged by this. Um, You know, but whether they choose to believe this statement remains to be seen. But as we have seen, a lot of uh, their, uh, sorry, but many people view their decision to add dairy to its product lineup as a move towards profits over progress. So yeah, I thought this was a really interesting sort of twist on the normal narrative that we see um, in the plant-based world. So yeah, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, Are you surprised by this? Do you think they were being genuine? Um, Yeah, do you think that the whole it's more sustainable, it's a better way to consume dairy. Is that a legitimate argument? What do you guys think? Well, I think that as someone who loves dairy ice cream, like I don't see the move to also include dairy as that awful. I mean, I understand their customers, well, their entire customer base was only people who valued them for their plant-based ice cream option. Um, but I, I don't understand why they're so upset if they also include dairy, to be honest, because they still have the plant-based option there. And, um, you know, if, if they're so upset about dairy ice cream, why don't they go and complain to the other companies that just make dairy ice cream? You know, like it's you can't just be mad at one company. Like. Yeah, I think this, um, to, to those consumers, it kind of feels like a betrayal of, of sorts, right? Because like this, com- you know, this company, you know, was so dedicated to plant-based or dairy-free and, you know, for ethical and sustainability and, you know, a whole, you know, a plethora of reasons. And so now that they're like going into, you know, back into like, well, not back, but they're going into like the dairy uh, arena now. So I think it's kind of a sense of betrayal almost uh, that some consumers might be feeling. And yeah, like, it's kind of like, you know, they're making this huge investment into dairy, which I guess consumers feel that could go towards more plant-based innovations. And so that's why I think it brings to question their motivation um, behind this. And it does look like it's profits because 
perhaps the company isn't able to sustain itself just solely on their um, non-dairy ice cream and so to be able to survive maybe that's why they're also trying to offer or they're looking to offer a dairy based product which is great for people like who don't who aren't vegan like let's say you and I right would be like oh great we have like options here with this company where we can try their both their plant-based and their dairy and switch and alternate but uh yeah I think it's more of like an a moral issue with the 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 very hardcore vegans that might have uh, pledged allegiance to companies like this (laughs) yeah those are some great observations and I think like uh what we're seeing more and more is that consumers you know they're not just buying um, and putting money towards products, they're they're just spending, you know, their money with with their values. So if they no longer like what uh, Cosmic Bliss is doing, they can take their money elsewhere. And um, yeah, it you know, since even though it is kind of the opposite of what we've been seeing, I also very agree. I don't think it is the end of the world. We still have to remember how many companies still sell dairy it is after all 97 percent of the ice cream market is is from dairy products so i think um while these consumers definitely have a right to be upset about it it's still not um the end of the world and we have to have a, a more you know broader vision of 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 the market as a whole are you upset also at the companies who are selling dairy and if you're not then you know maybe you need to kind of rethink what you're upset about. Yeah, I don't think they can be, right? Because those companies are like, we sell dairy-based ice cream, right? So there's no secret, there's no question, that's what they do. So, But this company started off Mm -hmm. as an anti-dairy kind of a thing. And there are, you know, it's like an anti or an alternative, alt, you know, um, alternative to dairy. And so... You know, they thought, okay, well, we found like our niche or space or place with this company, and it's great that we have this. But now it's all of a sudden like, hey, uh, we're going to dairy now. To we're joining them, the other, mm-hmm. the other side, right? The other team, which you know, the consumers are like, hey, wait a second, like you were supposed to be on our side or on our yeah. team. So it's, it's kind of become like that dynamic, right? That's true. Like, they can't be critical of like dairy farmers or the sorry dairy um ice cream makers because that's what they've done that's what they do and but this company was not and it's kind of like well why are you doing it now if you positioned yourself you positioned yourself as a non-dairy company yeah so why now it just seems all profit so that's yeah do you guys think that other plant-based companies will look at this as a warning? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I would say they would have to see what happens with this company um, ultimately. Like, how much are they going to lose in sales? How much um, of their consumer base are they going to lose? Um, it could backfire or it could work because if they have the dairy products, well, they're going to gain a whole uh, consumer base there. So it's going to be interesting, but this is so, so interesting, but, and it does seem to be motivated by uh, profits, which I can't blame them for either, right? Because the non-dairy ice cream market, I don't think is huge. So they want to stick around and maybe they, they do want to genuinely um, provide those non-dairy ice cream products to, to consumers, but they can't do that just solely on that one product. So that's why they might have to branch out into into the dairy side of things. So. 
And I just thought, too, I wonder if, you know, the same people who are angry about this would, you know, eat Ben and Jerry's plant-based ice cream because they've positioned themselves as a dairy company for the longest time. And they're adding, even though they're adding plant-based options, they still sell dairy products. So I wonder if that's viewed differently because they're more, they're becoming more progressive rather than starting as on the more progressive side and then sort of reverting back to the traditional side. So I would be very curious to know what their perspective on that would be. Yeah, is it like, do you not enter, like, a space that sells even, like, you know, this product, like, dairy products, because you're so, um, your values are so strong about that? Like, I think it really depends how strong your principles and your your standing is around this whole uh this whole thing so yeah it's it's interesting because um you know there are some it reminds me of like religious restrictions right like some people uh in some religions like they don't um like alcohol is for like prohibited or or pork and it's kind of like all right we're not gonna have it but like some people won't even enter a restaurant that sells alcohol or sells pork so it's kind of like where do you and then you have people uh, in the business who may be of that religious background and uh, there's, they don't consume pork or they don't consume alcohol or whatever it is, and but they still will be selling it. And so people of that, you know, community are kind of looking at them like, how does this make any sense? Well, they're, and then they're like, oh, well, we have to cater to all consumer bases. But then those people are kind of skeptical. So this kind of reminds me of that Um uh situation and dynamic as well so it's interesting yeah Yeah. i think the moral the moral of the story is it's it's not possible to satisfy every single person no (laughs) no very true and it's also not possible to have an answer for everything either it's it's (laughs) you know i think it's okay i think it's okay that's what nuance is you know exactly so Anyway, moving on to um, a different sort of uh, bit of controversy later on in this story, but um, last week we saw a Canadian fast food chain, A&W, pilot uh, the Zero Cup, which is a fully recyclable and compostable coffee cup that was designed by the UK-based company Butterfly Cup. So the environmentally friendly cup is made entirely of paper and requires no stri- no lid, no straw, or uh, have a plastic liner. So A&W claims to be the first quick service restaurant in North America to pilot the Butterfly Cup. So they said in a press release each year, each year A&W Canada serves millions of takeout drinks. So finding a more sustainable single-use cup solution is one way we can make a big difference. Our new Zero Cup is an exciting step in our journey to reach zero waste. Part of achieving that, that mission is pioneering the innovations that people need to live more sustainable lives. So the unique-looking cup is Uh, made with a water-based coating that prevents leaks and is suitable for both hot and cold beverages. The pilot initiative rolled out in participating restaurants across the greater Toronto area uh, earlier last week, and A&W guests are encouraged to share their thoughts on trying the cup for the first time um, on a website that I've linked in the story. So according to the nonprofit organization Zero Waste Canada, out of roughly 14 billion cups of coffee enjoyed by Canadians each year, an estimated 5 billion of them are consumed in single-use cups that end up in landfills. So think of the number. Um, That number alone was very shocking to me, uh, but not surprising. 
If the butterfly cup is widely adopted, A&W said, this number could be drastically cut down by avoiding the use of unrecyclable plastic liners. So this is a bit where the controversy controversy comes in, um, or at least where I brought it in, because I was really uh, surprised that this was, you know, the first or one of the first recyclable and compostable cups to be piloted. Um, but uh, so I found it is not. Um, several others have come under fire, though, uh, recently for making false false sustainability claims. So there was a New Zealand-based company called Glowpack. Um, they were forced to retract claims that its cups are recyclable since recycling facilities don't accept them. And similarly, um, the Ad Standards Jury of Australia found that another company, Pinnacle International Wholesalers, claims that its disposable cups were plastic-free, fully recyclable, and compostable were in breach of the Australian Association of National Advertisers Code of Ethics. So in addition to the butterfly cup, though, another commercially viable option is available. It's a California-based company called Smart Planet Technologies, which developed earth coating. So this is a lining for paper packaging that uses 40 to 51% less plastic than conventional plastic coating. So their coating is made from a special mix of minerals and resin so that it can be easily separated from cardboard during the recycling process. Several large companies, including United Airlines and Taco Bell, just in Australia, um, are already using recyclable products with earth coating. So while fully recyclable cups do exist, consumers are unlikely to find them at major chains, including Starbucks, which is where a lot of coffee is consumed. Although the coffee giant has made several pledges to to produce recyclable cups dating back to 2008, its cups are still unable to be recycled economically. So currently, Starbucks cups are lined with a polyethylene plastic coating that makes them nearly impossible to recycle. So while Starbucks may take some time to catch up to other chains, A&W Canada's efforts will hopefully encourage other quick service restaurants to make the switch to environmentally friendly packaging. And, you know, I was wondering after looking into this company, uh, why has it taken so long? Why, why aren't more companies doing this? Why are they still being piloted? Why does Starbucks still not recycle their cups? And like most things, it comes down to economics and how financially viable it is to recycle things. As we know, recycling is expensive. Um, it takes time sorting through things. Different recycling facilities accept different things where this uh, New Zealand company's uh, uh, cups may have actually been recyclable in some places. It was not where they were supposed to be recycled. So there's a lot of, of, of things uh, that are getting in the way of more sustainable packaging when it comes to restaurants and takeout and things like that. So if you take a look at this cup, it's actually pretty interesting looking. Uh, kind of just reminds me of um, something that you would get fries in. It's got sort of a yeah, it's got sort of a U shape at the top there, and you're supposed to be able to sort of just drink out of it without a straw or a lid. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> What do you guys think about this? I, th- I think their initiative is fantastic, but I think it's 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 so late, um, you know, in this whole in this new sustainability era to to be starting things like this. But better late than never, I suppose. Yeah, I was actually surprised it was A and W who um, went forth with this effort because they are a fast food company. Like they don't focus on just drinks. And especially mm-hmm. coffee, right? Mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of chains are pushing their coffees and stuff, but 
yeah, that, that you're right. Like you would think a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons would be the first to pioneer something like that. It's a really good point. It's so true. And they were saying they, um, you know, they serve millions of takeout drinks. We don't know how many millions, but of course they, they do. But just think how many more Starbucks right. or, or Tim Hortons would since yeah. they are their sole, you know, what they're based around is coffee. And that's why I was wondering, like, even though they are called coffee cups, they're also suitable for cold beverages. I can't imagine how many people go to A&W, which, uh, if you don't know, is like mainly a burger chain um, and get coffee. So it's really uh, <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know why point, yeah. A&W was the first to do this. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's about time, like Sydney, you were saying, like, like, why now? And it's taken, I just think like the tech around this area, it's just, it's been hard to develop like a cup that, you know, will prevent leaks and is uh, environmentally like, or recyclable, sustainable, but also cost effective as well. So I think building all of that into a cup, I think it's been a challenge, um, which is why we haven't seen it yet until, well, we're seeing this butterfly, butterfly cup now <laughs> with A&W. But yeah, I think it's, it is it is a real challenge. And I, again, I think it's more of a cost thing. So I do hope like um, chains like Starbucks and Tim Hortons, um, not to call out any names, but uh, start looking into this because it's um, it's about time. And like that number that you, you mentioned what like 14 billion cups of coffee like and this is just in Canada right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh my gosh I can't imagine what the numbers are worldwide Um, yeah exactly such a waste and I feel so guilty myself now like you know if I get a cup of coffee or tea or anywhere for or something I'm just like this you know this cup is just just going into the garbage into the dump and it's like I have tried to bring my own like um, mugs and stuff in the past but it, you know sometimes you just don't always have that on you and I know it's a poor excuse but <laughs> it's just yeah well thank you for for bringing that up um you know on, on your behalf because you are not alone well if you did think this you weren't alone when I was looking more into um the the whole Starbucks thing um I was reading a survey that I I can't remember the specific number but it was the vast majority of people who uh bought drinks from Starbucks already thought that their cups were recyclable um that is a good point yeah Yeah. so I used to think think that that. too yeah a lot of people think that and I think Starbucks is not um helping to perpetuate that because, you know, in Starbucks locations, you'll see garbages with, uh, you know, garbage, recycling, whatever else. And it all just leads to the same one, which is yeah. extremely deceptive. Oh and, yeah. you know, yeah. we can we can look inwards and, and, you know, kind of blame ourselves. But if if Starbucks and, and other corporations aren't are, are are deceiving us like it's it's really hard to think that we're doing much wrong um and another thing about you know bringing your own cups is that covid really uh set back the yep. sustainable movement in terms of providing your own cups um you know and I, I i like i guess for good reason but now we're we're bouncing back a little bit more and i don't think we should be using that as an excuse um yeah, it's it's there's so many elements that are that are fogging this 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 area yeah. up, but it's clearly a problem. It's clearly a problem. Absolutely. And I just remembered a story that I um which could be a great story that you could also look at Sydney. Um but 
I, I'm, or you might have already, but I think, um, or maybe I heard it from you, I can't even remember, but <laughs> Starbucks is, I think it was saying that it's going to pledge um, having like, uh, they're like reusable like cups, like you can, like a system where you can um, bring your reusable Starbucks cups, like, you know, the tumblers or whatever for your coffee. And then they would have like separate stations where you can rinse them out and stuff like that to take back home. So there is some kind of a pilot project there that uh, they've been talking about. And I heard about that, I think it was just last week. So that was quite interesting. Um, Yeah, so this is saying how Starbucks plans a cultural movement toward reusable cups by 2025. Mm. Um, Yeah, so they they intend to have reusable container-only stores and cup washing stations for customers to rinse their tumblers and such. So I thought that was really interesting as a way around, um, not a way around, but a a way towards uh, sustainability and and, uh, reducing single-use plastics. But... Yeah, I mean, like all things, um, actions speak louder than words, and they've been promising things since 2008, things. so <laughs> not that, you know, That's that true. is, I will definitely look into that, because that is a really intriguing concept for, you know, their stores, and it will really have to be a massive shift in their operations, I suppose, but um, yeah, promises are great, we love those, but <laughs> we we want action, we want to see what, you know, what, what they can do. Um, in in actuality so um yeah and and not and and not just starbucks too it's it's a it's a whole industry-wide uh you know absolutely but like i mean if a smaller relatively smaller company like a and w could you know take the initiative to trial something like this i'm sure the others uh should be following suit uh you know easily and and should soon (laughs) definitely definitely agree all right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media. Email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.